nice Tuesday here in Provo. Snow's falling. It's cold. It's April, but you know we do it with we have. Yeah, it was funny at first. Mother Nature did an April Fool's prank. It was nice weather over the weekend, and then right back to the snow during the week. So, gotta love it. Yeah, there might be flooding in the next couple of days, but hopefully we can uh, stay afloat. <laughs> uh, hopefully. We want to go dive into what happened yesterday was the NCAA championship. We have to highlight UConn. They had a great season. Fourth seed, kind of under underranked, but yeah. they definitely proved that they were the best team in the tournament. Yeah, I really liked them. I had them going to my Final Four. Should have had them going further, but I, the part that drew me to them was just that they made their free throws. I think that they showed that in the championship as well. College teams, play, players are honestly really bad at free throws, and so UConn being able to nail theirs gave them an edge. So I think that's why they won. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And last night, because there's a championship, there are no NBA games yesterday. Yep. But we want to dive into Zion and Wiggins, some players that are returning, may not be returning. Zion, it's expected that there's no timetable for his return. Yeah, Shams reported that there's no updates really on when he's going to return, but there's words that he may ramp up to return during the playoffs. So they're currently sitting in the play-in, uh, so who knows if they're going to make it to the playoffs. And if they do, they may be without their best player. So just sad news because it's really fun to watch Zion play. When he was healthy, they were the number one seed in the West, just killing the game. So hopefully he'll be able to make it back in time for playoffs. Yeah, and if he does return, they'd be scary for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Nuggets better watch out. Those top-seeded te- top teams better watch out. So, I mean, we both want Zion to play. We both want everyone, like no one likes injuries. We want everyone to play and see the best basketball we can. And, and speaking of that, Andrew Wiggins is supposedly coming back, mm-hmm. and that's huge for the Warriors. Let me tell you, having a wing defender, two-way like wing guard, is essential in the NBA right now. It really is. He's able to guard, oftentimes, the other team's best player when Draymond isn't able to guard them. And he plays a huge role. He's missed, what, 22 games now? And he has the possibility of coming back any day now. He's uh, word on the street. He's back in San Francisco working out with the team. Um, so I'm excited to watch him play again. Hopefully all is well with his family and everything's cleared up. Yeah, and hopefully he can return back to normal. It doesn't take a lot to get him back ramped up to elite level. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. That's all going to be... You know, decided here coming coming soon. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of games left to. He doesn't, but, ramp up, but. he's Andrew Wiggins. He'll, he'll figure it out. And the Warriors are definitely going to need him because the Lakers are hot on the coattails right now. Only half a game back, the Lakers sit from the Warriors, and the Lakers could be a, the five seed at the end of the day, which is wild to me. They were just at the 13 seed at the trade deadline, and now they're they could be the five seed at the end of the day with a week left to play. So what do you make of the Lakers' rise? Do you think they're serious? Do you think they're fake? Or what do you think? I think, you know, they might be serious. I think their trades, when they got Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell and mm. Malik Beasley, I think those three players really fit well with the Lakers. The The players they had before, it just didn't work. I think, you know, Westbrook's a great player. He had a lot of slander, but it just didn't fit. It wasn't a good good mold with, the, with LeBron and AD. They needed the shooting. They needed yeah. to stretch the floor. And so right now they're playing at an elite level, and – yeah, I could see them, you know, going deep in the playoffs. I don't know about championship, but yeah, for sure deep in the playoffs. I just think that they almost need to get to the five seed, but if even they do, they'll face the Suns. So they really want the six seed to play the Kings. But even then, the Kings' offense may be too much for the Lakers. Uh, I know their defense is really good, but 
their offense won't be able to keep up with the Kings' offense as well. So, like, you look at the top four in the West, and I don't really like the matchup for any of the, those teams. I mean, obviously, Lakers fans are like, we give us the Nuggets, we'll beat the Nuggets. You're not going to beat the Nuggets in a series. Like, the Nuggets have a really well-rounded team. Their defense is good. Their offense is better than you. So, like, I don't think they'll beat the Nuggets. So, I think they're a good team. I'm just not scared of them. I don't think they'll make it far. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on matchups, right? And at this point, you can't really, like, try and, you know, get – a certain seed you yeah. just have to win games and see what happens so exactly it's gonna be a wild end we only have what a couple more games left yeah so this week it's gonna be crazy yeah and a uh, polar opposite storyline of the lakers is the mavericks the mavericks were at, what the four seed with a 96 percent chance of making the playoffs after the trade deadline then they made the controversial trade for Kyrie irving and now with just a week left they're a six percent chance of making the playoffs they're at the 11th seed and sit a game back of the Thunder. So, what, what happened to the Mavs? Well, I think it's uh, you have to call them the Alice Mavericks because they don't play no defense. <laughs> so, they have to get that defense out of there. It's and true. when they made that trade for Kyrie, that's what they lost. They lost all defensive credibility. And now you have a great offensive team, no doubt, but anyone can score on them. Yeah. That's their issue, and it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty sad if they don't yeah. make the at least the play it. Well, yeah, they're not even yeah. able to make the playoffs now. No, they're not even the plan. But the play in at least you know make the play in. It's yeah. time's running out. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's really easy to look at that team and be like, oh yeah, that's Kyrie Irving's fault. And I would love to put the blame on Kyrie Irving as a Celtics fan. Like nothing brings me more joy than seeing Kyrie Irving fail. But I really can't put the blame on Kyrie Irving in this one. Because I don't think Jason Kidd is using him right. Too many times do I see Kyrie Irving just standing in the corner and watching Luka dribble the air out of the ball. When Kyrie Irving's on the court, he's a plus 64 with the Mavs. When, when Luka Doncic on the court, he's like a minus 24. So, like, I really want to put this on Kyrie. And maybe it's a culture thing that Kyrie brought with him. But I just don't think it, the team is very well built. And I don't think Jason Kidd is coaching very well with Kyrie Irving on the court right now. I think it was pretty easy when you had Luka Doncic who said, hey, go get 60, and all the other players knew their role. But now you actually have to do some real coaching, which is what Steve Nash's problem was in Brooklyn. The same things are happening with Jason Kidd in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I also think, yeah, this part of the blame is on Kidd, but part of the blame is just you can't have more than one basketball. And Kyrie and Luka both need the ball to score yeah. and like be great. And so if you have two of those players on the same team, it just doesn't really work. Like, one person has to give up and learn a different way of playing, and it just doesn't happen. So, I don't know. You can't blame, like, one person, but all I know is that before Kyrie got there, they were fourth seed, and then after, true. they're 11th seed. But they're one game behind 10th, and there's three games left to play. They need either the Timberwolves to go 1-2 and two, or the Thunder to go own three, and they need a win out to make the playoffs. And their upcoming schedule is the Kings, Mav, uh, Kings, Bulls, and Spurs. And so, you know, you could win the Bulls and Spurs, but the Kings, like, I don't know. Can they win three? I think you need. To they win have the three talent. Of them. They do. So, we'll see. That's gonna be interesting coming down the stretch yeah. for sure. It will be for sure because you never know what's gonna happen. And then come this off season, now we have the new CBA changes. Uh, who knows what the roster is going to look like next year. Um, for those of you who don't know, the collective bargaining agreement, or CBA, was set to expire soon. And so 
the player associations in the in the NBA kind of came together and was um, having debates into the night, and they finally make came into agreement. And ever since that agreement, Shams and Woj have had little like leaks and updates on what was in the CBA have come out. And so we're kind of getting a good picture on what is included in there, and it's it's kind of wild. There's a lot of changes. To go over some of the big things, first of all, there's going to be an uh, in-season tournament as soon as next season, happening in December or November, with a cash prize of $500,000 per player who wins. So that's pretty exciting. I'm excited for that. Uh, also for J.R. Smith and the crew, there's going to be no weed tests anymore, so they won't be testing that on drug tests. There's also going to be a games played requirement, uh, 65 games for any like major award, like MVP, All-NBA, Six-Man, Defensive Player of the Year, so on and such forth. And then there's going to be a salary cap smoothing. Dana's not going to like this one because the salary cap spike for the new TV deal is what caused the Warriors to be able to get KD and still retain Steph in them because the spike of so much extra cap space allowed them to bring in a max free agent. So what the NBA is going to do is kind of smooth that o- over time so there isn't a big spike and they're not able to add a f- max player for nothing pretty much like the Warriors did. And there's also going to be um, the one and done is still a rule so they can't come out of high school and there's going to be a salary apron a kind of second-tier salary cap for the teams like the Warriors and Celtics and Clippers who spend a lot of money kind of hindering them from a lot of things. Um, like, for instance, they can't sign players from the buyout market. They can't. There's going to be restrictions on how they trade players. There's no, I mean, no more mid-level exception for them. And a lot of different changes. So teams like Dallas, who are going to have two max players if they re-sign Kyrie Irving, aren't going to have much cap space left to go and sign players if they don't have the mid-level exception anymore either. So I guess that's a lot of me talking and reporting. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Damon? Yeah, so I'll just uh, highlight the, the few controversial ones because I think we can all agree that we love the in-season tournament. Whatever. <laughs> that's pretty controversial, though. Really? A lot I of people mean, don't like it. I mean, I think just as a fan, that's yeah. fun. Uh, maybe the players don't like it. I don't know. But that's fun for me. The weed, whatever, right? Games played, I know that's kind of controversial, but, you know, the load management things needs to stop, and so 65 yeah. games, what, 15 games you're not playing? 80, 17. Of, or 17? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 82. So, come on. Like, that's not too bad. The one thing I will talk about is the salary cap stuff because, in retrospect, there's a lot of teams that will just play to lose. Yeah. And they're getting rewarded with this. Yeah. Salary cap. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it basically it's punishing the teams that have money and that are willing to spend it, and you know, helping out the teams that don't really care yeah. about winning. And so that that part gets me. The only thing I'll say about um, salary cap with as opposed to the Warriors is, I I don't know if the league could do this or what they can do, but I feel like if you draft players, you should be allowed to pay them without. Well, that's the thing. You're allowed being to the cap. So I don't know if that's in this yeah, thing. It is. Um, I think that there should be a stark difference between drafting players if you have them, or versus trading. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's a big you know reason why the Warriors were able to do what they did because they drafted Steph, they drafted Clay, they drafted Draymond, drafted Poole. So they drafted all these players. The only players that they trade for is KD, and that's how you get you know end up today with Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. So. So the thing with it is you definitely will. The Warriors will be able to, anyone they draft, like Kaminga and Moody and all that, they'll be able to 
continue to keep the players that they draft. That's kind of like it, a lot of people are calling it like the Warriors rules, all these new salary cap rules, because it's pretty easy to draw distinction to one of the most expensive teams in basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll be able to keep those players. It's just like they wouldn't have been able to sign Dante DiVincenzo this offseason. They wouldn't have been able to use that mid-level exception on him. Now they would have been able to sign Jermichael Green because Jermichael Green was on a minimum. And pretty much once you hit that salary apron, that's all you're going to be able to use is the minimum deals. And this also affects other trades, like the Kevin Durant to the Suns trade would not have been able to happen because you're not able to trade out future first-round picks that far if you're over the salary apron. The Malcolm Brogdon deal the Celtics did wouldn't be able to happen. The Kyrie Irving Dallas deal wouldn't have been able to happen. I mean, heck, even the Mike Muscala deal the Celtics did wouldn't have been able to happen because now if you're over that, you're not able to take in more money on trades. There has to be less or equal value you take in. And other things like that are just really hindering bringing in outside players while still compromising with, like, the Warriors who did a really good job drafting and developing. They're able to keep their players. So it's it hurts the Warriors a lot because they're not able to fill out their bench as much as they have been in the past, but they're also able to keep their players they have right now. Yeah. So we're going to see role players kind of get paid more now because they're like, well, we can't replace you in free agency. We have no option to. So we're going to pay you more because the increase in salary over the next couple of years of the smoothing. And so we just don't lose you for nothing. So it's really going to kind of cause teams to stay together longer, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, that, that uh, you know, view of it makes sense. I, I do like that, like, staying together better. But, yeah, you know, the, the valuable role players that you pick up yeah. for a season and that they help you win a championship, that thing's going to be gone. Like the ring chasing, I guess you could call it. Yeah, unless they uh, want to sign for a minimum. I guess for the minimum, yeah. So interesting stuff there. I'm sure we'll hear more about it throughout yeah. the summer. and We haven't had the next season. They're going to send out an official like, document with the whole CBA. So once that comes out, I'm sure all the people who are way smarter than us are going to break it down and translate it from lawyer, lawyer speak to our normal speak, and yeah. we'll bring in the news as it comes. Sure. But it's exciting. Uh, lots of changes. Also, last thing, it's not going to happen immediately. I heard it's going to like phase in over a couple years. So don't expect it all to be next season. It's going to be phased in over time. Yeah, I would assume so too. So that's a lot, lot there. But uh, we want to get into what uh, the main thing today with uh, Jazz. So yeah, I'll let you do that. Clip. We have a special guest. His name is Michael Moody. He's my brother-in-law. He married my sister last summer. Um, he's a pretty big Jazz fan from out here in Utah. We've had plenty of uh, lively discussions about the Jazz. It's always a fun time talking to him. So I'm glad you're able to make it on the pod, Michael. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So the Jazz have been the talk of the town really this season. They came with the expectations of winning nothing, and they exceeded that and played some really good basketball at times. So, like, what were your take on the season? Like, what did you expect? What What had happened? I fully expected them to tank. I, I was in it for, for Webanyama, and every single highlight I see from him just want, makes me want to cry that the Jazz have won so many games. But I would say the season's been a pleasant surprise. Like, you you had no expectations whatsoever, and they were one in the East, number one in the East for a, about a month at the beginning of the season. Um, and it was the arena. It was a fresh – it was a breath of fresh air just with the disappointing past two seasons. It was nice to have energy again in the arena in the state in the team so before we get into the basketball and I, I like you said it's kind of a fresh air one thing that it was a lot of fresh air a lot of new faces 
But one thing that's new that we need to talk about is the jerseys. What happened with the jerseys? Because the Jazz had some fire jerseys. And this season, they come out with a highlighter pack. Like, what happened there? <clears throat> no comment. No, I'm <laughs> I have no idea. I think Ryan Smith got two in over his head and tried to do something that was uh, people weren't ready for. I don't, the team wasn't ready for. And they, they tried to get rid of the jerseys, but Nike didn't let them. Um, so they, even though those jerseys are super, are kind of disappointing um, this season, we're going to have some lit jerseys the, these next few seasons bringing back the purple. Yeah. The purple jersey is really good. I really like that one. Um, but getting into the story of the season and kind of how it started, of course, with this uh, sad loss in the postseason to the Mavericks, which kind of led Danny Ainge, the, the GOAT GM, to kind of work his magic and pull out some insane trades. The first of which was the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, kind of massive, kind of insane. What were your first impressions of the trade, and what do you think of it now? I was definitely sad losing Rudy. You guys have to understand, we don't have, uh, in Utah, we don't have a baseball team. We don't have a football team. We don't have um, any of those kind of teams. So the hey, Jazz. We have MLS. We, we, got, we, got, <laughs> we got MLS. But uh, we, we don't really have a lot of other teams to really cheer for. Um, and so the Jazz, that's our team. That's some of the most loyal fans in the NBA are the Jazz fans. And we get really attached to our players, especially guys that are really active in the community like Rudy Gobert. Um, that was a tough one to see him go, but it was, I think it was, an, it was good. It was needed. It was like pulling off a Band-Aid kind of thing. For sure. And you definitely lost, like like you are saying, like that, that presence, that fan favorite kind of guy. But in that trade, you basically got Rudy Gobert, but a younger version, uh, in Walker Kessler. So I want to just highlight Walker Kessler uh, and eventually Laurie Markkinen. But what do you think of him? Bro, Walker Kessler, the sheriff, he's the man. The sheriff. He, uh, <laughs> Jazz fans have been pushing that nickname. <laughs> the sheriff. The sheriff, that's his, na- uh, his nickname. But he, money, he can run with, he can defend on the perimeter. He's got the most blocks as a rookie. I think the three, third most blocks in the NBA or fifth, somewhere around there. He is awesome. If he can develop a jumper um, and kind of develop into like a Brooke Lopez uh, type oh. role. If he develops a jumper, it's over. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's playing great. He's playing amazing. Um, love Walker Kessler. Loves loves the fans. Loves Utah. Glad to have him. Yeah. yeah. And Larry Markinen. Let's uh let's talk about him. They got him from the Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah, that one I think hurt more honestly, because like Rudy is always like if we're gonna get rid of one of them, we're gonna keep Donnie because he's kind of the player you need to win a championship. Um, so there's kind of a point in between those two trades or like. It looked like Donovan was staying. But then as things broke down, it was like maybe he's going to the Knicks. And the Cavs came out of nowhere. It's like, what, what was your thought process through that draw, uh, story? story, story? Uh, pretty sad. Uh, Donovan, he's my fe- he was my guy. He's my favorite player. I, I saw my mission in Louisville when he was there. And then I actually had a, his Louisville jersey, and I got it signed. So I haven't worn it since, since I got the, his Louisville jersey signed. Um, been able to meet him a couple times. Uh, so that one, that one hurt the most. Donovan was such a cool guy. Great to have in the community. Um, yeah, 45 was my guy. So it was really tough to see him go. Um, honestly, a little more disappointed in the Donovan trade than the mm-hmm. Rudy trade just because I felt like the pieces we were getting back, like Laurie Markkinen, Ochai, and the draft picks, wasn't going to fill that hole that Donovan yeah. uh, had here in Utah. But you did get back three rotational pieces and five first-round picks. So that's a pretty good deal. Do you think it was worth it at the end of the day? 
I think it was. You, you, I mean, you have to look at it. The past five seasons, for as good as the Jazz were, that one of the seasons being the number one seed in the West, for five seasons, they only won two playoff series. Mm-hmm. And it took Danny H to come in and say, hey, this, I mean, we have these expectations, and these expectations are there, but they didn't match the results. And so it was time to move on. Um, even though, you know, Jazz fans, we, we didn't want to see Rudy or Donovan leave. Um, it's been it's been good to have, like I said, that fresh breath of yeah. air, a clean slate to kind of start it over again. Sometimes that's what you need, and then you get back, what, nine first-round picks between the two trades, and just revamp the future and accelerates it so that rebuild is not long. And I was, when it first happened, I said the Jazz will still have an all-star this year. I was wrong. I thought it was going to be Colin Sexton. I thought Colin Sexton was going to have a career year here, and he, he's done well. But Laurie Markin, as we said, has exploded onto the scene. All-star starter this year. Absolute beast. Why do you think it took him going to Utah, his third team, to finally play well? You just sometimes players just need a fresh start. I mean, look at Andrew Wiggins with the Warriors. He needed a fresh start with the Warriors and completely changed that team, um, the trajectory of that team after their first few championship runs. And I think Laurie Markin, I mean, he balled out in the summer league, in uh, the Euro League. Uh, for Finland, um, and I think that's when we started to see him really come into his own as a player and kind of work as the number one option. And that's how he's been with the Jazz this season. Uh, in the past, he's been kind of that third, fourth role guy who didn't quite meet his draft expectations. And Utah, Utah was a place for him. We had no expectations, like you said, guys said we were trying to tank, or, or so everyone thought, um, and not have any of these uh, expectations for winning. And I think it was just a great environment where he, he took the pressure off. And the coaches were just able to work with Laurie and just say, hey, we want you to be our number one guy. And not saying that might be the case in the future, but for now, he's been, this season, he's been number one for Utah. And I think it's been a great, um, great change of scenery for him. Yeah, I think that's uh, important because your expectation was to, to tank, right? And now it's, it's like, well, we're the 13th or 12th seed or something right now. There's th- like four more games for them. They could win them all and then, you know, end up being in the plan. Crazy things have happened, but uh, in retrospect, I think this rebuild's going to be a lot quicker than we would have thought, like before this season. So I think that's a plus for the Jazz, honestly. Yeah, no, for sure. And they, and a lot of the in, in Jazz analysts and inside guys, they've been saying that this is they're only looking at this as a two, three year rebuild, not one of those rebuilds. I mean, look at the Thunder; they they were in the playoffs, what in the bubble, last time they were in the playoffs, and then. Now they're now look what they're where they're at. They're starting to get in the playoffs again. Uh, so I think the Jazz kind of view that as their kind of model for a rebuild. They've got the draft capital. Um, I don't think that they're going to keep all that draft capital. I think they're going to trade for a star player because you can't get free agents to Utah, unfortunately. Even you know they're trying to change that. It's still just it's the facts. You can't get those free agents to come. And so uh, I'd look for the Jazz to make a play with their draft picks here soon. Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to compare this kind of rebuild to the Celtics rebuild from the 2013 when KG and Paul Pierce got shipped out to Brooklyn for a buttloaded picks. And so I, I think it's really easy to compare them because obviously Danny Ainge is the mastermind behind both of them. And you got to think about Danny Ainge traded KG in 2013 and Marcus Smart was the first like key rebuild piece and was drafted in 2015. And I don't think Marcus Smart has missed the playoffs since then. Now, granted, it was a lot of Isaiah Thomas coming in and providing kind of a Laurie Markin and role there, kind of implementing this winning culture that they needed that they lost since losing KG and Paul Pierce. And so I think the Jazz are, have already done that one year into the rebuild. 
They have Laurie Markin who's exploded. They've established a winning culture. Although they realistically said, okay, let's this draft class is really good, guys. Let's kind of take a step back and look at the draft class more so they can get a better shot next year. Um, but they have the winning culture now, which I think is absolutely huge for them. So I like Dan said, I think the rebuild is only be a couple years. Um, now, who on the roster, this is where Michael and I disagree on, uh, who on the roster is going to be there when they're fully going for the ring, I don't know. I only think it's going to be Walker Kessler and a bunch of other guys, but uh, who knows? We'll see what happens in a couple years. We'll see. That's true. And like you say, like, marketing is definitely the highest, you know, price right yeah. now, you know, in, in the trade potentially. So I, I could see the Jazz getting rid of him. For the right price, I could see a movie on marketing. Because like, like you say, you – he came in, no expectations, right? And he totally blew away everyone's yeah. expectations as an all-star. So it's like you basically could get a whole lot more yeah. from that. And it's all because of the Donovan Mitchell. Trade. I mean, look at Isaiah Thomas. Like, Celtics fans love Isaiah Thomas. They loved him. They took him to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of times. We ran up against LeBron, but, like, they believed IKT could beat LeBron. Like, they believed that. But Kyrie Irving became available. And at the time, Kyrie Irving was arguably the best point guard in the league behind Steph. And so the right price was there, and they had to make the tough decision and say, thank you, IT, for your service, but we got to go in a different direction. And so I could see the Jazz having a similar situation saying, hey, thank you, Lori, for your service, but for sure. this guy's a little bit better. It's kind of like you struck gold. Yeah. I mean, who thought that Donovan would get traded this season? I think Rudy was more, the writing was on the wall, but mm-hmm. Donovan getting traded? No. Like, he was, I mean, you, yeah. he's having an MVP caliber type season uh, this season right now in Cleveland. Yeah. He's having a great season. I'm hoping not to face him in the playoffs. That would be scary. Uh, hopefully, Grant Williams can make his free throws in that matchup. Um, <laughs> but uh, the going on the Jazz, you come to the trade deadline. Like you said, they're having a really good year, and they're in the playoff hunt, really. And they, everyone's like, are the Jazz really going to do this? They make the playoffs. And then they decide to trade for Russell Westbrook. And they, get, they turn basically the scraps of the Rudy Gobert trade into one of the most valuable picks in the league, in the Lakers pick. So, like, what are your thoughts on the trade? Did you like the trade? Did you not like the trade? What, what's going on? To be honest, my first reaction was I was pretty disappointed. I mean, you get you figure you get all these draft picks and all these guys um, over the summer, and then for three rotational guys, three starters at the time for the Jazz, to only get one first-round draft pick, essentially, for those three guys, I was a little disappointed. Um, but as the season's gone on, um, I think it's been a great trade. I mean, look at Beasley and Vanderbilt. They're doing good things for the Lakers, but Lakers are starting to figure out why they're not, why they were traded uh, in the first place. And I think they've been, those two have been traded together five times uh, during their career, I think is the, I might be wrong there. That's insane. They've been been traded together. They're a package deal. (laughs) Yeah, no, legit. Um, But I think Mike Conley was the biggest one. I was like, why are we sending him to the Timberwolves? Um, Of all people, we want, we want them to kind of tank. Um, But looking back, the, the Lakers' first-round draft pick, 2027, was is one of the hottest uh, first-round draft picks in the league. And I think as, if the Jazz do believe that their rebuild is only two or three years, they're not going to see that first-round draft pick uh, come to them. It's going to be packaged in a, uh, as part of a trade for the next disgruntled star that doesn't want to play on their team. Uh, so I think hindsight, it's a great trade, um, as well as – getting off of Mike Conley's ridiculous contract for as much as we mm-hmm. love Mike Conley and he's an amazing player uh, to get off that money for next season was huge. Yeah. Um, and so I think those reasons uh, are, are why it was a win for the jazz. And I thought it'd be a win because we 
lose more games, but the Jazz, I mean, they just keep winning. And uh, at this point, I mean, for Jazz fans, if you're frustrated at losing, you just got to accept the wins because we li- we've gotten rid of our rotational guys. Top two scores, Clarkson, uh, Sexton have been out since All-Star break. Our bench is like is bare to the bone. Like, what else can you do if they keep winning games? You just have to accept it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes they're just hoopers, man. Sometimes the hoopers win. Let them cook, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the Jazz now are sitting in the point where they could be eliminated from playoffs tonight. They lose to the Lakers. They're done. Their season's over, which is what they probably want. Um, but what's next with the Jazz? Like, what do you envision the next step is? What do they need to do? I think um, they're going to keep working on the development of the young guys. As much as we talk about marketing and uh, you know, Kessler, all those guys as the great uh, pieces we got in the offseason, Will Hardy has to be probably the top uh, offseason pickup. Will Hardy. Um, poor Celtics fans. We got we uh, got him from them. But uh, Will Hardy's been amazing in the development of our young guys. So I think keeping that core of uh, Agbaji, Kessler, Markinen, uh, keep them developing this summer, um, as well as just exploring. I think I'm honestly not sure what to, what to do. They, I think they'll do uh, well in the draft, make some trades, and honestly have no expectations for what the next season is. Marking it might take a step back. We'll see, but he could be traded. There's lots of different options for the Jazz right now, which is a great place to be with their plethora of draft picks and uh, young stars on the team right now. Yeah, for sure. And I uh, just wanted to comment on Will Hardy. Uh, the last two teams that were in the finals is, you know, assistant coach departing the coaching staff. We had Mike Brown go to the Kings and Will Hardy go to the Jazz, and they've honestly done really good. So it just shows that, that culture of winning. Hey, put some respect on Joe Mazzula, too. <laughs> Joe Mazzula, you know, that culture of winning. It, yes, sir. Uh, it transfers over. So Yeah, I think people don't appreciate assistant coaches as much. Like Kenny Atkinson, for example, in the Warriors. He had a job offer from Charlotte. And he did a really good job on the Nets before that. He could be a head coach in this league, but he decided to his best place was still on the Warriors. And so I think people don't realize a lot of these assistant coaches are really, really good until they get the opportunity. And so don't take them for granted. Appreciate when you have them because there's some really good basketball minds on that bench. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, all the flowers to Will Hardy this season. He's he's done great with the, the you know tough job he had with trying to win, I guess, how you look at it, but with his with his team, he's definitely uh, honestly maximized the potential for the, the Jazz this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we we love talking to you about the Jazz, but we want to finish off with uh, a favorite Jazz memory of yours. Mm. There have been a lot of favorites in the past few seasons. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I got a favorite Good memory. What Good about memory. A <laughs> not a three one memory. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that one hurt. That you took can a couple. Late there, you know? That took a couple of weeks. <laughs> but uh, I think, I mean, favorite kind of player memory was uh, there's BYU football game. We got to meet basically all the whole team at the time: Donovan, Royce O'Neal, those guys. Uh, I was talking with Hassan Whiteside, who who knows where he is right now. But uh, um, he's on the Sixers. He's on the Sixers. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. He don't know. I I told him to defend the paint, and he did not. He didn't do that. He didn't do it. He didn't, he didn't do take it. advice. Didn't yeah. take the advice. So, uh, but I think some of my favorite memories have been some like the playoff games. I think uh, when I've gone with some buddies, uh, when we beat the Rockets, uh, we, we lost in that series, but we're winning those games, uh, beating the Celtics this uh, couple weeks ago when Ryan was there and surrounded by a bunch of Celtics fans. <sighs> that one, that one was sweet. Not gonna lie, that one was sweet. The underdogs. <laughs> that one sucked. Um, <laughs> what about the? Uh, 
I would say, because I, I mean, I'm not like a jazz fan at all, but I would say the one memory I have of, of the jazz is Joe Ingles versus mm. uh, Paul George, locking yeah. him up. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I was on my mission during that uh, during that series, but Joe Ingles, Paul George, I'll take that beef, I'll take that fight any day. Uh, love yeah. Joe yeah. Ingles. Um, yeah, there's so many great ones. Just remembering from a child like Carlos Boozer, those guys, Boozer, Matt Harper. Um, I think not one single memory, but just a bunch of good memories. Going yeah. to Christmas games, super fun. Uh, They're a fun team. They got a lot of really dedicated fans that I've learned. Um, they love their team. They love when they win, and they're diehards. So I love the Jazz. Hate when we lose, too. Yes, sir. Except even, for this season. <laughs> even when yeah. they have Sunday games, they still show up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the one last question, we know you're a Jazz fan, but you're also a big NBA fan in general. Who's your pick to make the finals? Who did you pick to win it all? Mm, that's tough. Uh, in the East, I'd, I'd say it's got to be either the Bucks or the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see – You'll see Philly. Philly's not serious. They got James Harden. He always, always craps it in the playoffs. And um, I think it, honestly, I have to say toss up between Bucks and Celtics. Probably more towards Celtics. I, I love their yeah, forty-one point dub. Better say <laughs> love their rotation. If from the West, bro, it's anyone's guess. I I couldn't tell you. I I'd hate to see the Lakers be in there. I don't think they'll be in there. Probably same goes for the Warriors. They've had their time, <laughs> but Warriors are scary. I mean, you don't know. We're coming back. We're, we're getting healthy. <laughs> yeah, but if you had to pick one. Stacked. If I got to pick one, I got to go Nuggets. Nuggets? They just, they've dominated. Nuggets. All right, they, so you got Nuggets versus Bucks or Celtics. Who, who are you picking? It's got to come from the East. I think right. it's got to be Celtics this year. Celtics right, year. I like that pick. <laughs> dang, dang. It's got to be Celtics <laughs> this year. I won't tell my sister to beat you up now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Well, uh, speaking of picks, we're just going to go. Dive right down. We'll finish this yeah. up. Feel free to chime in if you have any thoughts on the games. There's 13 games today with some wild spreads. Hallelujah. So it's exciting. We're going to run down this quick. I won the last time, so I'm starting it off. The Bucks are favored at 13 against the Wizards. And we have a lot of ridiculous spreads here. I'm going to start it off. I'm going to take the Bucks here. Thank you. I'm manifesting the Wizards dub. Come on, <laughs> Wizards. The Wiz Kids. Um, but following right after that is the Celtics at Sixers. Minus two-point favorites are the Sixers Probably at the home. Game of the night. It definitely is. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be sweating. But I'm not really worried. The Celtics are getting this dub, and they're giving me two points as a cushion. Easy money. <laughs> then we have the Nuggets. They're favorited nine at the Rockets. Uh, Nuggets, they still win without Jokic, so I guess I'll just pick the Nuggets. Is Jokic still out? <laughs> I, I, it's been out the last like, they, three, four games. Yeah, they're going to clinch the top seed in the West if they win today. So They're going to try it. They, they might as well rest them. It's the Rockets. Like, it's not hard. They're not trying to win. Yeah. But then we got the Cavs. Donnie's playing tonight. Minus five at the Magic. <sighs> man, oh, man. Magic. I, I Every <laughs> time I bet against them, they win. He loves the Magic. I, it's hard for me to bet against them, especially five points at home. I got to go to the Magic. They saved me from the sweep last time. So I got to believe in the Magic. So let's go. Got the Magic in it. Then we have the Heat 13 at the Pistons. I don't know about this one, Chief. I think <laughs> I think the Pistons can. The Pistons have lost 20 of the 21 last games they played. I think they can in. keep it within 13. <laughs> I'm betting them. Okay. <laughs> we'll see about that one. Adonis has one. No. <laughs> <laughs> the best bet in the league. <laughs> 
Um, but then we got another insane spread. The Raptors are 14.5-point favorites at the Hornets. The Hornets, like, there's an image the other day. They didn't have a bench. Like, everyone was injured. So, it's it's a lot of points, but I think I'm going to go with the Raptors. Dang. All these big spreads. Uh, this one's a smaller one. We have the Timberwolves. They're only two at the Nets. Rudy Gobert. Crazy. They need to win this. <laughs> this is their game. They, yeah. Will they choke like they did to the Trailblazers? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to speak it into existence. Go Nets. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the Nets. Brooklyn Bridges. He's going to have a Brooklyn Bridges. Again. I hope so. I love Brooklyn Bridges. Then we got a really crucial game for the play-in, actually. The Hawks at the Bulls, and the Bulls are three and a half point favorites. What are your thoughts on this, Mike? I'm I'm a toss. Gotta go to the Bulls. I gotta take it. Bulls. Gotta take it. The Hawks, they're struggling. All right, right I'll trust I'll trust Michael Trae here. Young is not him. As he's much not. as he can shoot, yeah. he's not him. He's a thirty percent three point shooter. Yeah. Pat Marcus Smart shooting better. Draymond shooting better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one will be good for sure. Bulls and Hawks. Uh, next we have Kings at Pelicans. The Pelicans are favored at three and a half. This is shocking. This is. And I don't know because I think the Kings are they're not like slowing down. I don't I don't think they have any reason to not play. So yeah. I I'll take the Kings. Yeah, everyone's playing right now, so there's no reason to. That's a surprising spread. Yeah. But then going on we got the t- Trailblazers at the Grizzlies. Minus seventeen and a half points. So the Grizzlies have to win by 18 points to cover the spread. I'll take the Trailblazers. Shaden Sharp and all those guys. Yeah. Like, I, they can keep it within 18. Exactly. Exactly. Then we have big game, Lakers at the Jazz. For the first time, LeBron's going to be playing in Utah since, like, 2018 or something. He plays. So uh, you got to take the Jazz. Le- LeBron has only won one game. In Utah in the past, like, 10 okay. seasons. You said it. I'm taking the he Jazz. He didn't even win the All-Star game. Go, Team Giannis. I'm taking the Jazz there. Yeah, everyone's playing. D'Angelo Russell's day-to-day. Um, so it'll be a fun game. I hope the Jazz win just to stick it to the Lakers. Exactly. It's going to be a THT revenge game. So I'm, oh, not, I'm not betting true. against that. So. That's true. Yeah. I forgot about that. Pop off. Now, this is – I know we had a lot of big spreads. This is the biggest. The Spurs are at the Suns. Suns are minus 19-point favorites. So the Suns have to win by 20. Now, granted, the Suns have not lost with Kevin Durant yet. They're undefeated with Kevin Durant in the lineup. But 20 points is a lot of points. I think I still got to take the Suns. Like, I think I do. The Spurs just aren't a good basketball team. And the Suns are rolling. I think they win by 20. I think they do. We'll see. We'll see. Dang, that's, that's risky. It is. Well, to close the night, we have the Warriors. They're playing in Chase Center versus the Thunder. This is a, a big game for both teams. I mean, the Warriors need to just keep winning. But they're favored at eight. I think they got this this time. I think they don't keep it close. I think they're mad after that Nuggets collapse game. They should have won that one. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Warriors. That's fair. That's a good pick. But, like I said last time, whenever I bet against the Warriors – they always do well. Whenever I bet for them, they always stink. So, I'll, I'll gladly let you pick that one. Yeah, so yeah. I'll do the Up in the hands of the, of the gods instead of me. So. <laughs> but 13 jam-packed night in the NBA. Should be a lot of fun to watch. Michael, thank you again for coming on. It was a blast to have you. A great episode. A great discussion. Thank you again. 
Thanks, guys. Yeah, and anytime you want to talk jazz, we'll, we're here too. We like to see what's going on with other teams. So uh, that's going to do it today on Four Wins in June. We'll see you next time.